You are listening to the sermon podcast from St. Michael and All Angels Church in Savannah. We are an Episcopal congregation in the Diocese of Georgia, and you can find out more about us by visiting www.stmichaelsavannah.com. <clears throat> when, um, when I was first looking at the gospel reading for this Sunday, when I was looking at it earlier in the week, um, I was reminded of one of the most moving sermons I've ever heard on this passage about if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out, or if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better to go into the kingdom of heaven maimed uh, than to go uh, whole into the fire of hell. Um, that, that sermon was delivered by a priest who had lost a hand in an automobile accident. <laughs> And it was a very powerful and moving reflection on, on what it meant to consider going into the kingdom of heaven made. And that got me to thinking of, of how much more powerful and effective sermons are when we are able to connect to them in a very personal way. When we connect um, to someone or some event in, in the gospel story for the day in, in, in the way that she did. Um, and then it occurred to me that really that's the goal of all sermons, of all preaching, is to help us, to try to help us, to connect the story of the gospel to our own story. In some personal way to connect with someone or something that happens in that story. And the only way I, I know to even try to do that um, is for me to be able to connect to them myself. So um, if you ever start thinking, gosh, a lot of his sermons sound the same, uh, it's because I always start out just preaching to myself. So I figure if I don't connect to it, uh, and y'all aren't going to either. <sighs> that said, <clears throat> I got tickled after reading the gospel at, at the 8 o'clock service. I, don't shake your head at me. I don't mean to get tickled in the middle of church. Sometimes it just happens. I can't help it. Because um, I, I was thinking about the end of that passage where, you know, Jesus is sort of well, he said some scary stuff in it. And then we get to the end and he says, now look, don't swear by anything. Not by heaven or earth or Jerusalem or even by the hair of your head. Let your word just be yes, yes or no, no. And anything more than that comes from the evil one. And I thought, I have never in my life heard a sermon on that part of this reading. It, it, it would be the shortest sermon of all times. <clears throat> yes, yes, or no, no. You got it? And that's, that's it. It would be so easy, wouldn't it? Yes or no. But I think in some ways, that's the point of this whole passage of all of the things that Jesus says, it's not as simple and as easy as we might want it to be. Now, we're, we're still in the, the Sermon on the Mount. Remember, we started with the Beatitudes a couple of weeks ago. We really like that part of the Sermon on the Mount because it's pretty and uh, it's easy to remember and it makes us feel all warm and happy inside when we hear about all the people in the world who are blessed, even if they're suffering. <coughs> problem with the Sermon on the Mount comes after that. 
Jesus kind of sets us up with the pretty stuff up front, and then he hits us with kind of the meat of this sermon. And what we see him doing today in that sermon is reminding the, the, his listeners, reminding his disciples, uh, you remember those laws that Moses gave you? Well, I've got some things to say about that. He said, you remember the law says, uh, you shall not commit murder. But I say to you, if you're even angry with your brother or sister, if you bear resentment against them, well, that's just as bad. You're just as liable. What Jesus does step by step with the law is to say, here's the standard that the law set. Here's where the bar is. If you don't do this, you've kept the law. And he says, but I say to you, the bar for us is here. He doesn't do away with the law. He actually uh, makes it harder. Because it's not just about what do we have to do. It is about who we are and how we are. Not quite as simple as we might want it to be. And Jesus said, look, if it's your eye that caused you to sin, if you see something and you want it and you start to covet it, uh, or if you see something, you see somebody and you think something about them that you ought to, if your eye is the problem, well, pull it out and throw it away. That's better. Or if it's your hand that causes you to sin, just cut it off and get rid of it. That's better. But the truth is, and I think Jesus clearly knew that, it's not our eye or the hand that's the problem. That's not where sin originates with us. Not on the outside. Not in our eye or our lips or in our hands. But inside. In our hearts. And in our minds. You know, sin is really nothing more than separation between us and God between us and one another. And what separates us from God, what separates us from each other, is all in here. Where the important things, where the important stuff of who we are rests. The things that we think and believe and hold dear. The things that we love or that we hate. See, it's not enough just to, to do uh, the actions minimally required by the law, if those actions don't change us, if they don't transform us, then they haven't achieved their desired effect. We have to be made over, made new from the inside out. And what we find, that no matter how hard we try, we're just not capable of doing that on our own. And I, I tell you something else about where Jesus sets the bar. Uh, <clears throat> and this is where it gets me especially. Um, you might want to look at the law and think, oh, well, I've never done that. Never killed anybody. Never stole anything. Uh, never committed adultery. Oh, but I've thought about it. Ooh. See, it prevents us from being smug and condescending about who's good enough and who is not. Because if we look honestly inside ourselves, at our heart, 
And in our mind, we know we're guilty of those things that Jesus lays out for us. And then on our own, we might stick our hands in our pockets and shut our eyes, but we're not going to be able to fix ourselves. We're not going to be able to make ourselves whole. We can't pluck out our hearts and our minds and throw them away and keep going. So, what is our hope then? Well, uh, our hope is what it has always only been. God. We acknowledge our own shortcomings, our own weakness, our own brokenness. Because we may not all go into the kingdom of heaven maimed, but we all are all going to go into it broken. And we offer that brokenness to God. Knowing that He alone can change our hearts and our minds. And trusting that He will do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Amen. Amen.